again this is Guy Brown from my real estate advisors I'm just going to do another quick uh, podcast on um, being a first-time buyer and having a house built in uh, Australia and Queensland just to give you a bit of an idea as to how that all fits together and what tends to happen so um, with my company what I tend to do is if I've got a first time buyer, I will take a percentage out of the commission and um, give that back to the first time buyer to help them with um, mortgage payments or if they want to go on holiday, if they need to cover rent or whatever it might be. So once they've signed and everything's completed and the finance is in place and the, the bill is going ahead and the commission's been paid from the builder back to our company, and then we can write them a check or we can transfer the money or we can give them the money cash with a receipt. Um, but what we do as part of the um, agreement is we get a testimonial from the client to say, you know, about the experience they've had using the company. Um, we might take some photographs or a video for social media for advertising and so on. And that's basically part of it. So it sort of helps to promote our business and help the client at the same time. Um, so the process of, of being a first home buyer in Australia and in Queensland in particular is you need a, a basic deposit. So if you're gonna secure a block of land, a lot of the time, the uh, developer or the builder will want you to put down about $1,000 as a deposit to kick off with to secure the block of land. Then you'll move to uh, sign a contract to say that you, you want to go ahead and buy the property. Um, and you normally do this after you've spoken to a financial advisor and they can, they've you know, said that they've gone to a lender and said they can lend you X amount of money. And it's all confirmed and then you have to confirm things like your pay slips, uh, you have to show your outgoings, bank statements, all sorts of things like that to confirm that you can definitely afford the mortgage that you're going to be put on to and the finance will be approved and all that kind of thing. So then you'll have to be asked for a certain amount in a deposit and the amount varies on the value of the land and the value of the property that's being built and all that kind of thing. So you've got to take that into a, into account. So it might be 5%, it might be 10%, um, could even be 20%, depending on the situation. So, and, and, and the other factor in as well, which people sort of take for granted, is the first home, home buyers um, grants from the government. Now that is $15,000, it used to be a bit more, but they've dropped it down to $15,000. That money doesn't actually get paid to the uh, buyer directly. So it gets paid to the developer or the builder um, and I think it goes through a trust account as far as I'm, I'm aware and it's paid at different stages of the build. So the slab goes down, certain amounts paid, then you know six weeks later at another stage, another, another certain amounts paid. So uh, as far as I'm aware it gets split into two so it's $7,500 at one point and then another $7,500 at the next point. And that's how it's paid. So the client never gets the money. The builder or the developer gets the money. So I think when people are um, 
fairly new to buying a property and things like that and they think oh great I'm going to get um, first time buyers grant it's $15,000 it's not like the $15,000 is going to get paid into your bank account and you can go to the casino with it it's not that sort of situation at all it's going to get paid directly to the people that are in control of the financing and the building of your property that's how it works so what the reason why we do the ten thousand dollars cashback back to the our client is they actually do get that money there which they can then either can either put towards the build or they can put it towards the mortgage or they can go to the casino or they can go on holiday they put towards buying a new vehicle they can put it towards um paying rent or something like that um whatever they want to do at the end of the day so that would be the difference there with between my real estate advisor and another run-of-the-mill uh, sales agency that basically get paid their commission from the builder and, you know, that's it. Um, so, yeah, the um, other things to be aware of is the time frame, um, making sure that you can cover the cost of uh, the mortgage and rent if the property is delayed being built. You might you know start paying the mortgage before it's completed or something like that depending on how it's set up and how the finances and all that kind of thing so you've got to be prepared to to cover yourself for so many months uh, until everything's all done um, and you can move into the property and um, what I will say is that be very careful with the builder that you choose to build the property so you need to check all the inclusions with the property so is it fully fenced is the driveway um, all finished uh, is it going to be landscaped um, does it have security screens does it come with solar power um, you know how high are the ceilings uh, check the specifications on on everything that you get and make sure you're happy with everything because when they say full turn key full turn key means you know it should be fully fenced and everything's done you know the driveway's done the gardening's done you know um and also don't fall into the trap of um going to a display home that looks amazing and then the reality is totally different um there's a couple of companies out there that will remain nameless that they're very good marketing companies so you know the display homes are knock out of this world display homes but when it comes to sitting down with them and going okay i want to i want what the display home looks like it's like oh well sorry um the uh, the bifold doors are another 12 grand and you know if you want um 2.5 meter ceiling or you want three point something meter ceiling like you saw in the um, in the advert or you saw in the display home sorry then yeah that's going to be another forty thousand dollars on top of the price or whatever it is so you know you've got to be very wary of that that you know you 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 you're getting like for like so you might go to a display home that's a bit more underwhelming but if they say well this is actually the, the finishes that you get which are in this display home so this is the kitchen that you get this is the 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 doors that you get and all that sort of thing so you're not having to upgrade stuff and add you know thousands and thousands of dollars onto the bill um to get uh, you know that sort of uh, display home quality 
build and and lifestyle. So you've got to sort of factor that in. You've also sort of got to factor things in, like if you want a swimming pool or anything that's slightly unusual, um, that isn't standard, that the builder probably doesn't do that kind of work. So the builder will probably refer you to somebody that specialises to build pools and things like that, or whatever it is you're looking to do. Um, so you've got to make sure that that's um, uh, a factor in when you, you, you're pricing and you're costing and you're financing and everything else. You might have to pay another twenty to $40,000 to have a pool put in the back and the builder is probably not going to do it. Just the same as if the, the house has got any uh, extra requirements. So to give you an example, I've got a client that wants to have um, a property built that's designed for people that are disabled. So you've got to add on between ten dollars and $20,000 of extra inclusions into that. So things like um, ramps for wheelchairs, handrails in bathrooms and things like that. So it's, there's all sorts of little bits and bobs whereby you've got to check the fine print, you've got to check with the builder if the builder's done this sort of work before, if the builder does do that work, if the builder doesn't do it, who they can recommend, all those sorts of things. So it's very important to make sure that you've got everything covered uh, when you buy a new home. Um, and also, you know, research the suburb. Are you happy with that suburb? Is it an upcoming suburb? Is it going to go up in value? All those types of things that you've got to look into. You know, what's your commute time going to be like to work? Um, is the transport links you can use? Uh, is there infrastructure going into that area? Because if it's going to be a new house, chances are it's going to be in a fairly new suburb. I mean, you can get, you know, a house and land packaging an existing old school suburb that you know might be a, a developer's decided to knock a whole area down and build multiple properties or build a complex or whatever but um, chances are if you're having a house and land package it's going to be somewhere that's a little bit more remote it's up and coming with infrastructure going in so just make sure that you pick the suburb where the most infrastructure is going to go in you know and you have got good transport links and things like that because you've got to think about resaleability. And then also what I would I would probably say to you would be um, to look at long-term investment. So yes, get your first home under your belt and you, you know you go for your box standard, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, double garage, all that sort of stuff. But then if you can save the money and you can remortgage and look at buying another investment home, um, you wanna try and get to three properties if possible. So if you're gonna have kids, you can you can say, okay, we'll leave one property for the kids and then we're gonna live in another property and then the other property we're gonna um, use for an income because we're gonna rent it out or whatever or we're gonna sell it and cash it in and, and live off that as the pension or, or whatever whatever you want to do so but you've always got a fall back if you've got multiple properties that you own and you've got a property portfolio even if it's only two properties anything goes wrong you've got another property you can move into worst case scenario um, and you're also using that to generate wealth because you've got somebody else paying the mortgage on the other property for you. Um, you know, you've got a tenant in there that's gonna, um, that's gonna look after the property. One of the things that we do is, um, 
if we work with a large builder, they sometimes have display homes that become available that they build and then they want to lease back to somebody. So somebody will buy the display home off them and then they'll lease the display home back. Well, that's a guaranteed two years of somebody leasing that property back to you um, and you know that that property isn't going to get damaged. Uh, there's not going to be any arrears with the rents or anything like that. Um, because it's basically going to be used for business use and you're not liable for anything that happens there because the company has its own insurance and things like that. So that's a very good option. If you're first getting into buying an investment property and you want to guarantee you've got your first two year, two to three years of definite income coming in from rent and everything else, is, is maybe buy a display home from the, uh, the builder direct and they lease it back to you. So I would say that would be a good option. But yeah, I would, I would probably um, buy uh, a brand new home over an existing one because you're not paying as much stamp duty and things like that, or in some cases you don't pay stamp duty at all. Um, depending on the situation where the property is and what rules are in place and what the value is and things like that so the stamp duty side's good you don't have to worry about the stamp duty um, you should if you've picked the right builder have a 25 year guarantee now really a 25 year guarantee is not really uh, a thing I mean it is and it isn't if the builder's going for the next 25 years happy days if the builder packs up and gone bust or the company's been sold or whatever, then they can't really guarantee you the 25 year guarantee. But the minimum with a new build should be at least five years anyway. So if anything happens to the property within the first five years, you can contact the builder and say, look, you know, um, there's a wall's fallen down or there's cracks appearing or there's this, there's that, whatever it might be, plumbing issues, whatever the company is liable up until a point so you've got more of a leg to stand on with you know getting them to come back and fix the problem than you know if you buy an existing property that's 50 60 years old or whatever or 20 years old um that's it you know anything happens to it that's your that's your problem at the end of the day whereas if something's brand new you can go back to the building and say, look, I'm not happy about with this. Can you fix it? I'm pretty sure this is covered with the guarantee. And you, you've got at least some hope of um, covering whatever costs for maintenance on that property uh, that might come up, which could be multiple different things there. Whereas when you buy an older property, um, you don't get that. Um, one of the things I will say is, if you do like a lot of land and a big back garden then maybe buying a brand new house is not a good idea because that's not a thing anymore um, blocks of land have been dramatically dropped down over the last 10 years in australia so you know you that used to be great big blocks six 600 square meters 800 square meters uh you know that property would probably be 190 square meters itself so you know 
you're looking at the other the rest the two thirds of the land is going to be just land so your driveway and your back garden and things like that so and your front garden so now we're, to, we're looking more like a 400 square meter block so half of the block is the house basically pretty much uh, and the other half is the garden and the driveway so it's a tiny little garden in the back but this is down to people's tastes people do not want to do gardening anymore it's not a thing younger generation do not want to um, mow the lawn on a Sunday and plant flowers and all that sort of stuff they want to go out for the weekend they want to go to the beach and uh, they want to go into the city um, you know they want to go out for a meal or whatever they don't want to play gardening and that's the reason why that started to decline because people are sort of like oh well I'd rather have more house than garden I don't spend that much time in the garden um, and that's the thing the only time it's sort of I think becomes a bit more of an issue is if somebody's got young children and they want a, a decent sized garden so yeah in that instance then it's one of those things whereby you know it might be a deal breaker you might have to buy an existing property to get the garden that you want um, or you might have to up your budget considerably to get a decent sized garden and a brand new property so you've got to take that into into account those factors so what you know what are you comfortable with and you want you can't get the perfect property unless you've got the money so unless you've got a couple of million dollars sat in the bank and you go right I want to live in this suburb I want you know half an acre I want a five bedroom property I want this that and the other I want solar panels I want a swimming pool I want a jacuzzi I want you know all the bells and whistles um, unless you've got the money uh, you're gonna have to compromise and if you're a first-time buyer chances are you know this is your this is your start home this is your foot on the property ladder so you you're not gonna have that so you've got to remember you've got to go in with a bit of compromise but what I will say is that with um, buying a new property part of the joy is you get to choose what that's going to look like so you get to pick the facade you get to pick the door handles you get to pick the kitchen that's going to go in what color the walls are going to be painted you know unless again you pick the wrong builder and they sort of stipulate that you've got to have this this and this a lot of the time you know the builder doesn't really care what door handles you have what kitchen you have so long as it's within their budget bang away you go so so yeah so you've got to look at it like that that you know there's some negative aspects and there's some very positive as aspects to buying a, a brand new um, a brand new property you know uh, negative is you probably not going to get as much land for your money positive is you're going to get the kitchen you've always wanted because you get to choose it so you know if you want marble you're having marble if you want granite you're having granite um, you know, if you want gas, you're having gas. If you want an electric cooker, you have an electric cooker. It's whatever you, whatever you prefer. You know, if you want to have solar panels stuck on the roof, bang away you go. You can have solar panels stuck on the roof. So, yeah, you've got to factor these things in, and you, you, you know, look at it like, well, this is a, the first stage. We might live in this property for you know five to seven years, possibly ten years, and then we will you know we'll move to a slightly bigger property or you know 
might move closer to the city or further out or whatever so yeah but you've got to sort of look at it like well this is uh, this is a, a ground zero starting from scratch and what are your tastes like and your taste will probably change as you get older you know you might say oh you know we do actually fancy doing some gardening now we want a bigger bigger back garden we want a bigger block of land and we want you know whatever so things change but when you're younger I think your main focus is uh, you want the place to be super modern super efficient neat and tidy open plan uh, fit your kids in uh, fit your cars in um, don't really care about the backyard as long as you can fit you know either a swimming pool in the back and a trampoline or something like that you don't really care and you know nice entertaining spaces and things like that and then you know the weekend you're going to go off and you're going to go um, into the city or to the beach or whatever so yeah so these are the different factors you've got to look at for buying a, a first home you've got to look at your, your lifestyle and you've got to look at affordability and what the property comes with what it doesn't come with um, the location all that sort of stuff so it's a real mix of things there to get your head around and also to make sure that you can cover yourself financially while you're going through the process of actually building a property and and um, and getting it all off the ground and getting it up and running and getting your mortgage in place and your finance and everything else so yeah so you've got to make sure that you looked after i always sort of try and suggest that um people get set up with a good accountant uh, good solicitors um, people that can help them set up a family trust account for example um, because you can put the property into trust uh, and that means if anybody ever takes you to court or sues you or whatever you can't have your home taken off you because it's it's put into a trust so the trust is a separate entity than the person so yeah I would sort of, sort of try and be a bit clever and um, you know use experts when it comes to buying property and managing property and things like that don't don't leave things to chance don't sort of say oh you know i'll just go with what the bank tells me and you know i think my accountant's okay but i've never really bothered going to another accountant or i haven't got a solicitor why would i need a solicitor and all that sort of thing you know if if somebody's saying to you um i recommend you know joe blogs as your solicitor and I recommend this accountant for this reason and uh, I recommend you have a building and pest done and uh, I recommend this builder for whatever reason you know do the research and look at those companies and look at those recommendations because you know people don't recommend other businesses and, and other processes for the sake of it they're recommending it to you because it's it's safeguarding their own business. So like if I if I say to you, okay, I'm recommending this accountant because I you know I think that this accountant's the best accountant you can get your hands on. And then I'm recommending this solicitor because this solicitor is gonna protect you um, legally. Um, I've done the right thing by you, you know. And I say, okay, you need to get a building and pass done on the on the building and uh, make sure everything's right. Uh, check the structure's all fine with it I'm doing the right thing by you 
you know, and that's and that's what I do. That's how I do business. I I make sure that people are looked after. You know, certain things you don't think about until you've gone through the process of buying a, a property from scratch, a brand new one, and having it built. You don't know what you don't know, um, and there's ways to save money. You know, there's tax tax benefits to buying things in certain ways using trust accounting and things like that so you know there's a reason behind it you know i'm trying to help you um save as much uh as much money as possible and to help you um protect you uh and make sure that you you're safe um, when you actually buy a property you know, you're not going to lose that property. The finance is in place. You're all covered. Um, the, the property you're buying is a structurally sound property. There's no issues with it. The, the builder's got a decent guarantee. Uh, the builders within the top 10 best builders in Queensland. All the developers are, you know, highly sought, sought after developer that built really good quality properties. So, you know, it's, it's covering all those factors to make sure that the client has the best possible outcome from buying that property. Not just, oh, that's great, I've got my commission, um, you know, best of luck to you, I hope the roof doesn't fall down, you know, good luck, cheerio. It, it isn't one of those situations. I'm trying to make sure that, um, you know, the company uh, looks after you and make sure that you get the best possible outcome. Because it's a big thing, it's a, it's a lot of money you spend it's the, the, the major purchase you'll have in, in your whole life you know it's it, it's a big deal so if any mistakes or any oversights you're going to pay for them one way or another um, in the future if you pick the wrong builder um, you, you know you don't you don't get a, a trust account thing set up so you, somebody takes you to court and you lose your house or um you haven't got a very good accountant so you lose your money every year on tax returns and things like that um you know there's lots of different things there whereby you know long term i want to make sure that the client is looked after so yeah so that would be my advice on um on first time buyers what the processes are um who you should, the sorts of people you should be talking to uh, things to look out for um, so yeah so any questions uh, feel free to visit the website www.myrealestateadvisor.com.au um, send, send me an email give me a call uh, I'll run through it with you and um, yeah give you a bit more advice on being a first time buyer uh, being a uh, you know the property you're going to build is a, is a brand new house and land package and things like that and things to look out for and the reason why you know we're in connection with the companies we're in connection with you know a lot of um, research and time and energy has gone into choosing those companies uh, we don't just recommend anybody uh, so yeah so yeah definitely think it through and make sure you're comfortable with everything before you sign anything that's my advice Okay, well, nice talking to you. My name's Guy Brown from My Real Estate Advisor. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I'm getting into it a little bit better now. Uh, it's a bit of fun. 
quite interesting. I'm going to try and invite uh, somebody from the USA to do a talk with me and an Australian to do a talk with me um, as and when people have got the time because everybody's super busy. So, yeah, enjoy your day. Thanks very much for your time. All the best. Bye-bye.